Hello, my name is Erica Mariglia, and today I'll be reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, Let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. So here we're obviously starting with this word, therefore, where we just finished chapter three, where we talked about there being freedom within the spirit and having this unveiled face where we contemplate the Lord's glory. And right away, Paul says in verse one here in chapter four, we do not lose heart. Personally, I love that phrase. There are many things that we face as human beings, as Christians, and what keeps us going is this endurance that we find through our faith. I think about where we talk about the deception and the deceit and the ways in which people use the word of God. And Paul is giving us warning here in these first few verses to not be deceitful, to use the word of God as one that builds up and brings forth um, faith and brings forth a way that shows God's glory. And through our testimony, we're oftentimes able to do this. And many of us, I'm sure you can think of one or two examples of somebody who has used the Bible wrongly or abusively. Personally, I'm one who has spent many years researching and learning and writing and talking about the topic of spiritual abuse and how it is so wounding to the body of Christ. Many people leave churches because they don't know how to speak or they are malicious in the ways that they speak and use the word of God. It's manipulative. It's controlling. It's misusing power. And Paul is saying we do not use deception. We do not twist God's words for our own sake. And so when we think of this, it's oftentimes, God, let me have a heart that is after your heart. God, let me have a faith that shares who you are and my story. Let my story be one that people can see your light shining through. I know personally for myself, there's been seasons of just anger and question, questioning and doubts with God and the, the questions of asking why. Why have you allowed me to experience certain things in life when I continue to remain faithful and consistent in my walk with you? And of course, I've had my ups and downs, so I can't give myself too much credit. But at the end of the day, those questions of why have remained. And it's hard to go through certain seasons and allow our faith to remain grounded. But Paul says we do not lose heart. And in this moment, as I was reading towards the end, let light shine out of darkness. I think of how we live here on the lake shore and we are able to oftentimes go to the beach and in the midst of what might be a storm, whether it's the winter storm we've recently had, I went to the beach, put my son and my dog in the car. We'd been locked up because of a couple of snow days 
and went to see, you know, the frozen waves and, and all of it. And then all of a sudden, out of the dark clouds, light starts to shine through. And if you're one like me, where you can appreciate where we live in this way, these are the moments where we're able to look at God's creation and say, light always comes through. It always comes through. There's dark seasons, there's hard times, but God always shines through us if we allow him to and if we're continuing to show up with the fruit of the Spirit and allowing him to do the work that he calls us to. I'm reminded of a couple of stories. You know, some of you may know that I work for a ministry called Reach the Forgotten Jail Ministry, and my main job within this ministry is to be the storyteller. So I get to travel the state and I get to interview inmates who are incarcerated or who are now returned citizens. And I get to sit with them as they recall some really dark times of their life and also hear about how God has moved in their lives. Uh, Just a couple of weeks ago, I was over in Livingston County and met with two returned citizens, um, two younger men, one who is, I'm going to say 41, and one in his early 20s. And I sat with these guys and just sitting with them as they think through their pain and how God has used that as a way to intervene, it always emboldens and empowers me in my own faith as I'm able to sit in with just sometimes the simplicity of how they describe their faith walk and the boldness of how they proclaim this God, this Jesus who enters in and changes hearts. I personally get really caught up in sometimes the theological questions and are we translating this right and my own beliefs and I can be stuck in a headspace, but to be in spaces where it's so simple, not in a way that is degrading by any means, but they're just telling me a simple story of how their faith started and how it began in some of the darkest places that exist in our world. And It always, I walk away always just with a feeling of, you know, God, let me continue to have a faith like a child, faith like some of these individuals that I, that I am blessed to sit with. I'm remembering one of these men, his name is Chad. He's the one that's 41 and he's telling me this story and this is kind of graphic. So just trigger warnings. I'm going to give some trigger warnings here. He recently was released in October of 2023, but he told me the story of the few years leading up to his incarceration and he grew up with an older sister who was his role model and Chad was always pretty antisocial and awkward and didn't love to be around crowds, but his sister was always one who was popular and out there. And so he looked at her with admiration and wanted to be like her. And so at a young age, he started to follow in her footsteps, but he didn't know that this popularity came with dealing drugs and the fast life. And so at the young age of nine, he started smoking marijuana. By 14, he was dealing with um, much more illicit drugs. He had his first stint in the juvenile detention center at the age of 12. And so 12 years old through now 41, just in and out of rehabs and detention centers and jails and prisons, he only knows a life of incarceration and drug abuse. And so... In these last recent years, what led to his last stint in the jail, he remembered and was telling me about a a period of time where he was awake for 21 days. 
21 days shooting up crystal meth and just high and disillusioned and paranoid and trying to end his life. And during this time, while he's high, having this 21 day stint, his father is having a heart attack and he's with it enough to be able to call an ambulance for his father, but extremely paranoid because he has a a warrant out for his arrest. And now first the responders are going to show up to his home. But anyways, they cared more for his father than this warrant and taking him away at this point in time. So he kind of feels safe at the moment, but then gets a call from a detective that tells him that they just found his sister in the alleyways of Detroit, Michigan, And her body had been so decomposed that they couldn't even tell what the cause of death was. So 21 days high, father has a heart attack, gets this horrific call about his sister and ends up turning himself in after a period of ending up in the hospital because he tried to end end his life by overdosing on meth. He didn't know that the meth was laced with fentanyl and... Uh, There were many doctors trying to resuscitate him, 19 shots of Narcan, and at the end of it all, he comes back and turns himself in, and he's so high still that he doesn't even remember the first few conversations that he's had with the chaplain over the course of a few weeks. And Chaplain Gary over in this county remembers that he couldn't even obtain what they were talking about, but Chad remembers Gary always showed up with the Bible and was faithful in sitting with him and just told the story of Jesus, talked through the book of Jeremiah, of Luke, topics of forgiveness. And as Chad continued to come through, he remembers this bond with Gary growing and the care that Gary provided. And I walked away from this conversation with Chad just like, dear God, this is such a series of events But now he's going around with Chaplain Gary telling his story of how God met him in the darkest place of his life. He cannot give any credit to who he was or his life circumstances. He is telling the horrific story of what his life was. And then now the hope that he has because he's been able to live into his forgiveness and experience this grace of Jesus I was able to see his picture of when he was first um, incarcerated and the ID that they give him. And it's like you're looking at a person that is so disillusioned and high. And then I got to sit with him probably a year and a half or so later, and they don't even look like the same person. And it's all because of the power of Christ and the power of the blood and his story and what was able to happen in these moments. And so I tell this story because Chad sat with me and I was impacted by how there was nothing about what Chad had done. It was all about what Christ had done in his life and how because of that, he's now a new person. And while he's still learning what it looks like to live a sober lifestyle and it's not been sunshine and roses as he's reentered society, he is connected to a body of believers who continue to pour into him. And this is what I think we are called to do. We're called to sit with people when it's hard and say, do not lose heart. There's something else behind this. So I leave this with you today, and I just ask God, God, would you please be with us as we each look at what it looks like to allow your light to shine through us 
embolden our faith as we remember who you've been in our lives throughout our stories and how our testimonies are able to impact others because we're able to talk about what you've done in our lives. We love you. We worship you. Continue to guide us through the series and, and give us the faith and the endurance that we need to just keep going. We choose not to lose heart because you are good. You are powerful. You are strong. You show up with us and we're grateful for that. In your name we pray. Amen.